Week, the comics guys explain Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch. Thank you. And uh, yeah, today we'll be covering another one of those convoluted character histories with Magneto's most famous children. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. So, Darren, why don't you tell us about Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch? Okay. These are two characters who, historically, it seems have been messed with so often that it's almost become kind of like part of their character, right? That uh, every 10 years or so, we've got to come along and rewrite their backstory pretty much just for fun at this point, it seems like. So uh, these two have a very, you know, long and complicated history of exactly who and, you know, who they are and why they, why they're around. When they first were created, they were part of a villain team in the very earliest issues of the X-Men. They were part of Magneto's original Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, which first appear in X-Men number four in March of 1964, along with Mastermind and the Toad are the other two members of the team along with Magneto. And they were all mutants like the X-Men were. And Stan Lee has said that, you know, the reason he created mutants to have the, you know, as a concept for characters, he jokingly said that he was just sick of coming up with new reasons for people to have superpowers, right? He was sick of writing origin stories. And so he wanted to have a bunch of characters that had the nice, easy origin story of they were just born that way. But it turned out that mutants as a concept wound up being a really useful theme, a really useful character bit was because it allowed him to explore a lot of social issues in the 1960s, at a time when that was becoming kind of the, you know, civil rights issues and that sort of thing were kind of coming to the forefront of national attention. So Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are the two characters in the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants who seem redeemable from the first time you see them, right? They don't want to kill anybody. They don't want to, they just want to be safe and protected we have no particular background given to them, right? That we don't learn their story until their second or third appearance. And even then, we don't find anything out about who their parents were or anything. We just know that they lived somewhere in vaguely Middle European, you know, farmland, right? Like vill rural villages and that sort of thing. And when Wanda's powers first manifested, she had trouble controlling them. And she accidentally burned down like a town, right? She accidentally started a fire with her powers and angered the citizens who were going to come kill them with, you know, pitchforks and, and torches. And, you know, Magneto comes along and saves them from the villagers. So they feel like they owe him, right? That's the reason, that's their motivation for being in the Brotherhood is that he saved their lives. And so they are kind of the ones who act in those first few stories as the ones who are, you know, concerned about should we be staying here with these obviously evil guys? Mastermind is really kind of a creep and Magneto seems to want to take over the world. We're not really sure we want to be part of that. So they fight the X-Men several times in those first few stories. And eventually Magneto has a story in which he is grabbed by the stranger and taken off into space. And he and the Toad disappear for a couple of years because they had just been appearing too often. And so the Brotherhood breaks up without him, right? The Brotherhood of, the rest of the Brotherhood has no place to go without Magneto. And so Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, uh, Stan Lee decided he liked those characters. He was into their story. He liked the idea of 
actually redeeming them. And so he moves them over to the Avengers. And the Avengers at this point in 1965 had just kind of like broken up the main team because Lee had discovered once again in his, you know, churning out six or eight, you know, monthly plot that it was really hard to write stories for characters in a team book that also had a regular book. Right. Right. Because he wasn't allowed to do anything with those characters in the Avengers. Yeah. You couldn't have anything happen to Thor or Iron Man or Captain America or whatever, any of those characters in Avengers, right? Like he had to keep the continuity with the other titles. Right. Anything interesting that happened, any changes that happened in the character had to happen in the main book that you were following. And that's like, so, it's like uh, what well, doesn't Thor like miss like a decent chunk of his, of like the early Avengers comics because there's like a Ragnarok story going on or something in his comic? At different times, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Iron Man too. Yeah. Because you also have the problem, of course, of like characters who are too powerful to be part of a team, right? It's, right. you know, if, if, if Thor and Iron Man and blah, 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 you know, these other characters are all on the same team, it's hard to come up with a threat for them every month. Right. So Stan wanted to change the idea of the Avengers. The Avengers was selling too well to, you know, to not do it. But he wanted to add some characters that would be just in the Avengers. And that way he could actually kind of like detail their personal lives and that sort of thing. So he breaks up the original Avengers and creates a new team with Captain America and Hawkeye and then brings over Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. So the team is now Captain America and three characters who used to be bad guys. Right. Right. So that's kind of right there. You've got like this interesting conflict of like the world now suddenly has plenty of good reasons not to trust the Avengers. Right. Like three quarters of their team were people that the world knew as bad guys. That's interesting. That's how are they going to overcome that? How are they going to get redeemed as characters? Right. Mm -hmm. So that lasts for a while. That's actually a surprisingly sturdy lineup that, you know, stays together for a while and gets a lot of good stories out of that. It's one of my personal favorites. It's, yeah. it's such a like weirdly low powered Avengers. So it's really right, cute. exactly. And they get to do a lot of like interesting stuff and you genuinely believe that they're in trouble a lot, right? So, mm -hmm. and we try very hard to kind of, during that time, Stan keeps trying to link Wanda, to link Scarlet Witch up with another character to have a romance. Right, because all she's got right now is her relationship with her brother. And so we try to have her, you know, kind of like flirting with and considering a relationship with Captain America, but that doesn't really work. Hawkeye's there and we kind of talk about that, but Hawkeye's already got Black Widow as his kind of like romantic interest. We can kind of have a triangle going a little bit there, but it never really flies. None of these things ever kind of like take off as a as a character. So that team hangs together for about three years. It's like 1968 before Roy Thomas comes in to write the team. Dan has finally kind of like, you know, moved on to other, other stuff. And so Thomas tells a story in which Magneto comes back to Earth, tries to recruit Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch back to a new brotherhood. And he winds up going off to the, U the United Nations to like make a rant about mutant rights and that kind of thing for this. And Quicksilver goes along with him while he's trying to figure out what Magneto is up to. Wanda goes along during all of like the screwing around the Wanda gets shot by a cop and Pietro gets all hunked off about that and thinks that, uh, you know, that we can never trust humans, etc., and winds up joining Magneto for real kind of like buys in the two of them quit the Avengers and get caught up in this whole other Magneto X-Men fight. So they leave the Avengers and kind of like wind up in several issues of X-Men instead for this story. That story ends with Magneto dead, quote unquote, dead again. And Wanda has lost her powers by the end of it. 
So Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are now kind of like written out for a couple of years. They don't appear at all anywhere until they come back in the Avengers. And we reveal that in order to get her powers back, Wanda has been studying magic and like actual genuine magic, not just her mutant power kind of thing. And she's accidentally summoned up Archon and a bunch of other craziness goes on uh, from that, but they wind up rejoining the team. So now we're in like 1970. They've been with the team for a while. They're through the Kree Scroll Wars, which begins in the middle of 71. During this time, they finally find a romantic relationship for Wanda. Somehow we've never cared that, that Quicksilver doesn't have a relationship, but uh, <laughs> we definitely have to have one for the chick, right? So her relationship right. is with the Vision, who was a brand new character who had started just before the Kree Scroll War. And so now we're doing, it's all become tied into Vision's backstory of like, can Vision actually have human emotions? I'm just a robot. Am I actually a real person? And Wanda, you know, like his love for Wanda becomes kind of like this obvious humanizing trait for him, right? And, you know, she completely goes for it. They, they, they have a relationship and we get to do all of kind of like the weird, well, you're in love with somebody who isn't even human. Well, am I actually even human? I'm a mutant. You know, we can do all of those kinds of stories. At the end of the Kree Scroll War, they're fighting some Sentinels and Quicksilver gets hurt. He's injured and then he's lost and we lose him for he doesn't show up in a comic for six months. We think he's dead, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the first time we've split this team. Wanda and, and Quicksilver have always appeared together. They've always been this team. But for the first time, we get to see Wanda by herself. And she's kind of much cooler, right? Like without her brother mm -hmm. yelling at her all the time, you start to really kind of like fully appreciate how powerful she is and what a kind of an interesting character she is. Quicksilver is discovered to have been rescued during this whole fight with the Sentinels and everything by the Inhumans and winds up on the moon. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It winds up on Adeline. No, they're not on the moon yet. Right. And so he starts his own relationship with Crystal who used to be a human torture's girlfriend that he and Crystal start to have a relationship and eventually they get married. So now Quicksilver is kind of like largely out of stories. He doesn't really appear for quite a while, but Scarlet Witch is a big, important character in the Avengers. Mm -hmm. And so Roy Thomas says, Roy Thomas now is uh, working at Marvel and he has just reintroduced the invaders, right? He's just reintroduced all of these World War II era characters and he's really into them and they're promoting the you know return of the invaders and all of these great old timely characters from the 40s and one of the teams that he is putting or one of the kind of like the, the the character groups that he's putting into the invaders is the team up of the wizard and miss america and they were both part of the you know they were both kindly published superheroes they were both members of the all winners squads and everything and roy kind of takes a look at them and says well we've got this guy he's super fast and he's in love with this woman who is kind of got like long curly brunette hair and really kind of looks like Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch and Miss America, you know, you kind of like stand them next to each other. It's really clear that physically they look very similar to each other. Mm -hmm. So Roy says, well, we've never revealed who Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch's parents are. Wouldn't it be interesting if it turned out that they were actually the kids of this World War II couple, this World War II heroes? And in 1974, that made sense, right? Like mm -hmm. chronologically. At that point, their kids should be in their mid-20s. You know, that's, that, that seemed plausible. So Roy writes a story in Giant Size Adventures number one, uh, Giant Size Avengers number one in 1974, in which the wizard has come back as an old man now. Now he's in like his 60s. 
and his other son has been mutated by exposure to strange radiation has become this horrible monster called Nuclo. And the Avengers have to fight Nuclo. That's kind of like the main story. But in the course of that story, Wanda learns from the wizard about like supposedly her backstory, right? In which the wizard and his wife, Madeline, uh, Madeline got pregnant, but because of their exposure to like radiation, in the late 40s and 50s, Madeline's like birth is really complicated, right? Like giving birth to the kids is really complicated. And they are on, they meet the high evolutionary who had been kind of like established as this, uh, you know, background character for a while. They're on his mountain. And Bova, who is the cow woman, like a supporting cast member from the high evolutionaries, mutates for this wizard. She's taking care of Miss America during the birth, right? And so Wizard is like hanging around outside waiting to hear how it goes. And Bova comes out with two children in her arms and says, I'm so sorry, your wife has died in childbirth, but here are your two children. They have, you know, they, here's, they, they lived this process. And Wizard is so upset about hearing about his wife dying from this, that he basically kind of like loses his mind and runs away at speeds and abandons the kids, which is a horrible story. That's just awful, right? So the kids are raised by this weird alien cow woman who then, you know, and from there they go out, they're mutants because of the weird radiation exposure that the wizard in Miss America had had, and they just grow up in Europe on their own. Wizard is, of course, you know, as he should be, is incredibly embarrassed by this. And, you know, learns of the existence of, of Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. And at that point kind of says, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you had to grow up on your own, raised by an alien cow woman. That's so weird, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I want to be part of your life now, right? And that's where that story basically leaves it, right? Now we have kind of established that Wizard is now a supporting character of the Avengers as this like 70-year-old ex-superhero who is Wanda's dad. Giant Size Avengers uh, number four which is only, you know, six months later or whatever, Vision saves Scarlet Witch from Dormammu. It's a whole long thing. There's a whole bunch of craziness goes on. But he confesses that he is, in fact, in love with her, even though he's been trying to hide it because he doesn't think he's, you know, really a human or anything. Confesses his love, asks her to marry him, and they get married immediately in, you know, because this is Marvel and it's Engelhart in the 70s, it's a double ceremony. They are married by Immortus at the same time that Mantis is marrying a tree alien that has taken the form of the dead supervillain swordsman. It's a whole long, complicated story. Sit down and read it. It's awesome. Crazy shit happens. And honestly, it's a lot of the backstory to what's happening in Empire right now. In Empire? Is, is trading off of those original stories. The stories in Empire right now are based on those 70s giant size Avengers stories. Got it. So, the Katati and all of the other, the Kree Scroll, how the Kree Scroll War started, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, during all of this, Vision and Scarlet Witch get married. And Wizard is, of course, there as the father of the bride, right? This is, you know, this is now their, their, their thing. So that stays, that's kind of like the status of the character for the next five years or so. Scarlet Witch is, has a bunch of adventures. Quicksilver is off hanging out with, with the Inhumans, and that's, that's what's going on. It occurs, once again, now the, a new group of writers have come along, and Mark Gruenwald and David McElhinney are writing the Avengers at this point. Mark Gruenwald, of course, is a continuity nut. 
Right. Also a conspiracy nut, but that's separate. He's a continuity nut. And he it occurs to him, he's like, we don't really care about the invaders anymore. And that's going to get weirder as time goes on, right? If you continue to say that somebody is the son of a character from World War II, 20 years from now, that's not going to make any sense anymore. It's going to be unbelievable that you would be, that your dad was old enough to fight in World War II. And Grunewald's in for the long term, right? Like he understands that this is going to be a problem for the character going forward. Also, like, like Wizard relaunch didn't really work because no one. Right. Yeah. The invaders isn't really that big. A yeah. So the invaders, they've tried this like multiple times and it never really, never really. Right. Works. I say there's a right. huge fan exactly. of Union Jack. But like, <laughs> absolutely, as the Union Jack stand, it still never works. So he's like, I don't want this character tied to World War II that way. I don't want it tied to a static date that way. Why don't we do this story? And he goes over and he talks to Chris Claremont in the X-Men, who's writing the X-Men at the time. And so they start doing this kind of like mystery story where the characters don't know what's going on, but it will be really obvious to the readers what's going on, right? So on the Avengers side of the story that Gruenwald and Michelinie are writing, they go back to Europe and they meet Bova again and discover that she lied to the wizard. Madeline did die and her baby was stillborn. But at the same time, Bova was also taking care of another woman who was, you know, going through a really difficult pregnancy. She had also died giving birth to twins. So Bova offers the twins to the wizard and says they're his kids instead of this other woman's kids right and so now it's all mysterious well who exactly is the uh you know is, is the real parents the real biological parents of quicksilver and scarlet witch who is the you know who are the man and woman who were also there hanging out in europe so when the wizard doesn't take the kids they she gives the kids to the maximoffs to Django and his wife who are you know european uh roma and the Maximoffs raise them, which is why they have the last name Maximoff. At the same time, over in the X, oh, we also learn that the woman who died, her name is Magda, right? And that's all we hear about her in the Avengers. Her name is Magda. She have, was in a mysterious situation and wound up giving birth to two children and died. That's all, she, that's all we know about her. In X-Men, at the same time, we learn that Magneto's dead wife's name was Magda, right? That's literally coming out the same month. And so the, if you're paying attention, it's pretty clear who the parents are supposed to be, right? That like it was, oh, it was Magneto and Magda. But at no point do any of these characters all like put those clues together themselves. It was just kind of like expected that the fans would put them together. And if you read the comics at the time, fans had figured it out. They were all like writing to the, you know, in the news columns, you know, in the, in the, in the letter columns saying, wait a minute, you know, are you saying that they were actually Magneto's kids? This is amazing but they had never actually done the story. So we now get forward, now we're up into 80, 81, 82. Quicksilver has a daughter with, with Crystal in the same story in which the Inhumans have to move to the moon, right? Mm -hmm. So like during the time that like all of this crisis is going on and we have to move the city, Crystal is, you know, like having her own difficult pregnancy and oh my goodness, what's going to happen? But dramatically, it all works out. Crystal has a healthy baby. And according to the inhuman doctor in the story, Luna, Quicksilver's daughter, is perfectly human because her mutant genes and her inhuman genes canceled each other out. 
That's... I don't know what that means. I don't know how that works, but okay, sure. <laughs> so Luna has no powers at all, is not like a weird, you know, she's not neither a mutant nor an inhuman. She's an ordinary human. Uh, okay, well, that's a, that's a fact. That's an interesting thing we're going to have. Meanwhile, Vision and Scarlet Witch continue to be in the Avengers for a couple of years. They finally get to like 1981 and they're like, we are, you know, we're married, we're in love with each other. We need some time off from being superheroes. And they quit the Avengers, go into like the Avengers reserves. They buy a house in New Jersey and just kind of like set up their lives as ordinary people. They try. They very quickly, of course, get a limited series by Steve Englehart. And in that limited series, the wizard dies still believing they're his kids, right? They don't tell him that they have learned this, you know, from talking to Bova, that they've learned that those kids were not his and Madeline. And so he dies happily, not knowing that they're not his kids. He still thinks they're his kids. But over the course of that story, Magneto finds out that he is in fact their real parents, right? He, he learns, uh, you know, over the course of this, and kind of puts the puts the hints together, right? Because he was the one, obviously, who had brought Magda to the High Evolutionary in the first place. So when he hears Wanda's half of the story, he kind of puts two and two together and says, holy shit, these are my kids, right? Mm -hmm. So he kind of like makes peace with them because this is the beginning of the first time Magneto is getting redeemed over in the X-Men, right? Like we're starting to actually like see Magneto as this multidimensional character, you know, who is just trying to do the right thing for his people, et cetera, et cetera. Claremont is really kind of into that. It's now, you know, by 1982, Magneto is no longer this one-dimensional bad guy. Mm -hmm. So we have another Vision and Scarlet Witch limited series happens in the mid-80s. Steve Englehart comes back to write West Coast Avengers, and as part of that whole story, Wanda and Vision decide they want to have kids, despite the fact that Vision is, you know, still a synthesoid and cannot, in fact, actually have kids. Wanda uses her magic to create children, <laughs> out of her love for, for the vision, right? And this seems like it works just fine. They have in their limited series, they end it with like these, you know, they have, you know, twin children themselves. But then over the course of a run in West Coast Avengers, where they have become members again, John Byrne comes in and decides to rewrite all of this again, because he hates the relationship between Wanda and Vision. He thinks it's creepy and weird that she has married a robot. He doesn't like the Vision as a character. He's come out and said so multiple times. He thinks Wanda should be with Wonder Man, right? Wanda should be with a person. He, John Byrne somehow has this thing in his head. He's like not willing to accept that a character like Vision could actually love anyone, right? And so he writes this whole set of stories in which it is revealed that Wanda's kids are not real. They are in fact made out of demonic energy. They are stolen from them and turned back into demonic energy by Mephisto. The vision is then taken by the government because during his previous limited series, he had, or during a run on the Avengers, he had tried to take over the world during a stretch where he had kind of like lost his mind. And the, the government still considers him a security risk. And while they have him, he winds up getting his mind erased. His, all of his programming is gone. And he is, you know, set back to like factory settings, right? He's, he, he loses all of his personality and loses his, uh, his love for Wanda, which is something that he had learned, you know, over time. And so with not having any emotions anymore, he's no longer in love with Wanda and basically says, I want to have a divorce. I'm not in love with you. Wanda is, of course, incredibly messed up by this, 
right? Like her husband, her lover, has completely like forgotten that he was ever in love with her. Oh, and her kids have been taken away, right? So she's a mess. She's a she's as a character. And Agatha Harkness, who had been working as kind of like the you know the babysitter, but is also herself a powerful wizard and was Wanda's teacher of magic, wipes her memory entirely and takes away all of her like her memory of ever having children in order to spare her this terrible pain. This storyline is just awful. Yeah. It's terrible, right? Uh, readers were outraged. I was one of them, right? Like, I'm 17 when all of these stories were coming out, and I was just beside myself. I was so much. So Quicksilver has become a bad guy at this point for a while. He recovers, but, you know, these characters are just getting beaten on on a regular basis. Yeah. So now we have carried before. That would happen in, like, 1986. We have a new status quo. Wanda is occasionally seeing like uh, Wonder Man has fallen in love with Wanda, and so but she's not ready to have another relationship yet. So we kind of have this will they won't they thing for a few years. Quicksilver manages to get himself reformed, winds up hanging out with X Factor. Other stuff happens during this, but what really comes along to mess all this up is Marvel's bankruptcy. Marvel files for bankruptcy in the early '90s, and in 1993, they do a couple of a couple of things happen. One is the company decides to do the Heroes Reborn story, right? Like at this point, they don't have, they, they can make more money getting paid by an outside third-party company to publish their characters than they can produce for themselves because they are going through a chapter 11 at that point. And so they give their, you know, the, the rights to a bunch of their characters, mostly of the Avengers character line, to the Heroes Reborn group, and we get an entire new universe created of the Avengers baseline characters who have been removed from Marvel continuity by Onslaught, by the Onslaught story, because X-Men is so profitable, of course, that that's the one they can't afford to get rid of. So X-Men stays with Marvel, but the other characters go kind of like outside of continuity. So now we've got a version of Scarlet Witch going on during the Heroes Reborn stories, but those guys don't have the rights to use the word mutant or the concept of a mutant. So who is Scarlet Witch? Well, they very quickly set her up as a mystery character. Well, we don't know the answer to that either. It's very mysterious. Who is the Scarlet Witch? Where did she get these mysterious powers? And there's an entire storyline in Heroes Reborn that basically suggests, but never comes out and says it, that Scarlet Witch is in fact actually the daughter of the Enchantress, the Thor bad guy, the Enchantress. Hmm. And okay, that's not a bad answer. That's all right. But we never actually get that confirmed because Marvel gets out of its bankruptcy and the Heroes Reborn line gets canceled before we ever get to a, a solution of that. It was all a re Franklin Richards dream. Right, exactly. So, so the other thing that comes out of the Marvel bankruptcy, of course, is the movie right. Marvel goes into chapter 11 and they are selling off all of their assets, everything that they can turn into cash as quickly as they can in order to kind of like survive their chapter 11 bankruptcy. And so they sell the rights to the movie rights to the X-Men to Fox and Fox will then go on to create the, uh, the X-Men movie line. And really Fox does not pay anywhere close to what those movies will turn out to be worth, right? In the end, really, you kind of have to look back and say that Marvel really got kind of taken in this deal, but they didn't have much choice, right? You can't really blame them for it because they're going through a bankruptcy and 
you know, that's like they, they needed, you know, cash immediately on hand. So they probably took a bit of a bath on the deal compared to what it turned into. But on the other hand, there was no way to really predict that the Marvel movies would take off. You know, in the early 90s, it was not like a sure thing that they were going to make billions and billions of dollars on their movies. So anyway, Fox acquires the rights to the X-Men as a group. So when they describe what it is that Fox has actually bought, it's the X-Men and all of their related characters. It's everybody who is a mutant, right? It's all of these characters that had been traditionally part of the X-Men. And Marvel has retained the rights to all of the characters who are not the X-Men, right? Like most importantly, the Avengers. So on which side of that line does Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch land on, right? Because you can make a very powerful argument that Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch started out as X-Men bad guys. They're the kids of Magneto, who is an incredibly important character in the X-Men franchise. Obviously, they must be part of the X-Men. But then the Avengers would answer, you know, on the, on the other side, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch have been members of the Avengers since 1964, right? That's 30 years of history at this point. Uh, they have done all this. She was married to the Vision, blah, blah, blah. Tell all of the important stories about these characters were clearly done on the Avengers side. So therefore, they don't belong to Fox. They belong to Marvel, right? So they have to actually sit down and have a negotiation between, you know, like people from both companies have to figure out how they're going to do this. Like which, which characters, who's going to own the rights to these characters? They could kind of do, do the same thing about the Beast. But really, by this point in the 90s, the Beast has not been an Avenger for, for, for a long time. Right, the blue furry beast probably had you know some of his best stories as an Avenger, but those really kind of petered out in the '80s, and he's gone back to being an X-Men long enough that nobody really decides to have a fight about him. Right, they kind of like seed, oh yeah, he belongs to the X-Men, but the the Marvel guys are not willing to give up on Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Right, they want to actually like work this out. So both companies wound up coming to an agreement where they would share the rights to the characters both sides would be allowed to use them. But in the end, it would work out that they basically cut them in half, right? The Fox movies used Quicksilver as a character to great effect. He's hilarious in the X-Men movies. He's a really well-done character. He's really interesting. Um, and we refer to the fact a couple of times that he's got a sister and that his father is mysterious and we're not sure who he is and where he is, et cetera. But, uh, you know, so the it's pretty obvious that he's Magneto's kid and his sister is going to be either Wanda or Polaris, right? Or Lorna, because both of them are Magneto's kids, right? But they never appear in the Fox X-Men stories. In Avengers 2, we get both Wanda and Pietro show up and appear in the story, but then we kill Quicksilver off before the movie's even over. So Wanda basically goes on on her own as an Avengers character. And she got her powers, they got their powers from Loki's staff, right? From Baron von, Baron von Strucker using Loki's staff and the stone and everything else to, to mutate them. So there's no mutant stuff in her background over there at all. So the movies are, you know, they come to this kind of like peaceful settlement where the X-Men get, you know, the Fox gets Quicksilver and the Marvel Universe gets Wanda and we'll just, you know, keep going that way. And so status quo has kind of like been returned, right? Like Marvel comes out of bankruptcy. Everything is going along, you know, for another 10 years, basically, where Wanda is appearing. She has her relationships with Wonder Man and maybe kind of like an affair with Hawkeye that sort of happened a little bit there. But, you know, she continues to be a main character. And then the Bendis Avengers start, 
right? It's been too long. We've gone 10 years without, without messing with these characters. <laughs> uh, so Bendis decides it's time to actually, you know, come in and upend all of this again. So as part of his taking over the Avengers, he did this storyline called Disassembled. And in Disassembled, Bendis looks back at that time where Agatha Harkness had wiped Wanda's mind, right? Made her forget that she had kids uh, and kind of like removed that pain, you know, from her. And he's like, that's a really messed up thing. That's a, that's a terrible thing to do to a character. I don't know why we consider Agatha Harkness a good guy for this because she's done this really awful thing. Um, what would happen if she found out, if she like learned that again, right? Like what would happen to Wanda? So they tell a story in which uh, Janet uh, Van Dyne, uh, the wasp, basically kind of like accidentally reminds Scarlet Witch that she had kids. And Scarlet Witch's all the, you know, blocks, all the, the mental blocks in her mind basically collapse. And she goes nuts. And she winds up basically apparently killing several of her teammates. Almost all of the deaths will wind up being undone over the course of the story. But at the time, it was this big, shocking thing. She's killed Hawkeye. She's killed Ant-Man. She killed a whole bunch of other people, a bunch of minor Avengers. Lives. Jack Flag. And, right, yeah, Jack of Hearts. Like, I, the woman Captain Britain, I think, dies yeah. in this, too, or something. I mean, like, a bunch of bunch of random characters get killed. They introduced her, like, the issue before, or, like, the story arc before, and right. just murdered the very next storyline. Right. Ah, oh, very interesting. So this is what sets up Bendis' new team, right? It's like they're built out of the ruins of the old team and Scarlet Witch has gone crazy, right? And so we have these whole plot lines about crazy Scarlet Witch and whether or not she can be, you know, saved. Magneto shows up. Pietro comes back. Doctor Strange is working on her. She uses her powers to affect all of reality, right? Like the first time she does it, you wind up with the House of M story in 2005, where basically mutants have taken over and it is more or less a great universe for mutants and really terrible for humans, right? And then that storyline ends when, you know, like a bunch of characters kind of like figure out what's going on and need to undo that and reach Wanda and Wanda's like, okay, instead, no more mutants. And that's the end day storyline where like a whole crap load of mutants die or lose their powers, right? And so, you know, Wanda has now become this kind of plot device being bounced around from series to series as different people are trying to fix her uh, and get her head on straight again, right? The kids themselves sort of return, right? Like uh, the, the kids who like seem to have kind of like filled the space in the universe for where there's two, there's two babies that were taken apart by Mephisto manifest and we meet Wiccan and Speed, mm -hmm. the, the two kids who believe that Wanda is actually their mom. And that happens in the whole Children's Crusade uh, storyline, which is trying very hard. It's Alan Heinberg is the writer for it, really wants to rehabilitate Wanda, really wants to bring her back as a hero and kind of like establish that she's a good guy again, which is hard to do considering all of the terrible things she has done to this, right? That she's been responsible. But they try to do it. It kind of works, not really. Avengers versus X-Men brings back all of the mutants in 2012, they all kind of like get all their powers back. And part of the reason that they had done the No More Mutants storyline in the first place uh, was that they were aware that uh, Fox continued to own the rights to the movies. And they weren't really thrilled with the idea of spending a lot of time and effort in the comics 
dealing with intellectual property that they weren't going to own the rights to to make movies of because movies are way more profitable than comic books right the only thing that marvel is doing with its comics right now is generating intellectual property that they can turn into movies and if they can't turn it into a movie if they don't own the rights to that why are they investing any time and money into it kind of their viewpoint at the time which you can once again kind of understand but it also means that mutants really kind of get screwed over between about 2010 and 2014 as a as a group in the stories right yeah coincide uh, push for making the inhumans into something people care about right exactly so they have the, the avengers versus x-men brings back the mutants but then we start immediately with the inhumanity story right where uh the terrigen mist gets spread all across the the uh country and all across the world and a bunch of new characters get powers from that who would have probably been mutants otherwise right like the they kind of like fill that ecological niche where the mutants go and so characters like kamala khan and other characters like that who got their powers from the terrigen mists you know that's they we're, we're not good we're not using mutants anymore for this we're going to own there's no question that we're going to lose the rights to somebody like kamala khan by including her with the x-men even though her entire startup is based on uh you know quicksilver doing this event right, right. um the other thing that happens is axis happens as a uh, limited series and in axis uh red skull winds up kind of like mind controlling a whole bunch of the avengers and a bunch of them turn evil and they've all become terrible nazis and uh, et cetera et cetera but the interesting plot point of that is uh wanda casts a spell and talks about how the spell is in fact designed to kill blood relatives of her right and so this will kill anybody that's related to her and the spell works on pietro and kills him once again he comes back but at the time he kills him but it does not kill magneto and we suddenly like reveal like holy crap wait a minute i'm not actually related to magneto there's no explanation for why it doesn't kill she thinks it's going to kill him right but it doesn't because clearly we once again don't know the full story uh you know maybe she's not in fact actually related to magneto so now this ties in this all goes to uncanny avengers right is the is the series that's going on at this point which is the team that has kind of like been made up of the like combination of the avengers and x-men yeah and in that storyline the high evolutionary comes out and says all of the stories that you have heard over the last 50 years they're all wrong they're all confused they're all messed up let me explain the real thing and the real answer is wanda and pietro is not anybody's kids except for the maxima Django and his wife uh, were like servants. They lived in a town that the high evolutionary, you know, kind of like controlled from the top of Mount Wondegor, basically. They lived in a village at the bottom of Mount Wondegor. And they had these two baby children, Anna and Mateo, and high evolutionary took them himself and mutated them. Used his own like mad science, basically, to give them powers. And uh so while bova is in fact taking care of these two mutated kids uh both the wizard and magno show up in the story you know like have an interaction with Bova and come away eventually believing that those kids are theirs but they don't belong to either of them they actually are genuinely human children uh from this roma family at the base of mount wondergore 
and their powers come from high evolutionary doing experiments. Scarlet Witch gets a solo series in 2016 that kind of goes more in depth about this and explains that not only is all of that actually true, uh, but they're not actually Django and his wife's kids. Django and his wife adopted them from Django's sister, who is Natalia, who was a witch herself. And she was, in fact, actually apparently the Scarlet Witch before the Scarlet Witch, right? She had all of the same powers that Wanda had. And when she had these kids, she had to run away because the you know people of the town or whatever uh, were persecuting her for being a witch. And so she gave her kids to these two, to her brother to raise. And so Django had them and then High Evolutionary realized that they were interesting uh, and captured and experimented on them. And it was in fact, Natalia who came along and freed those kids from the High Evolutionary which is how they wind up loose in middle Europe in their teenage years to be found by Magneto in the first place. Who their dad is now still has not been explained. It's now four years after that storyline and we still have not learned who Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver's actual father is. But if whoever it is, it's apparently somebody completely unrelated to the story to this point. It's none of the people that we think it has been in the first place. And so now, We've got the situation where, uh, you know, Wanda and Pietro are now not mutants at all, apparently have never been mutants, but it doesn't really matter because the mutant slash inhuman situation with Fox kind of came to the end because Disney acquired Fox in 2019, right? So the, the problem has gone away because Fox and Marvel are now owned by the same company. They can certainly get along with this. You could make what you could do whatever you want with the game but it's likely at this point that wanda and pietro will probably at least for a while stay not mutants because the marvel cinematic universe version of them is the one that everybody knows now right it's where we're in what i call the silicon age and one of the defining characteristics of the silicon age of superheroes is that comic books are no longer the primary version of the characters the movies and the TV shows, et cetera, are not just now movies and TV shows, comic book characters, they're movies and TV shows about characters. And the comics are just comics about those movie characters, right? Like the, the, the movie version has become the primary version of the character. Yeah. So, you know, the comics at this point will adjust what they're doing to match what happens on the movies and on TV. And with the WandaVision show, coming up in December, planned, I mean, they actually get it done on time and there's no further messing around because it was supposed to have come out already. Uh, but when it does come out in December, it's apparently going to tell us a great deal about Wanda's actual backstory and her place kind of in the cosmos uh, of the Marvel Universe. And we'll probably learn a bunch more stuff about her then that I bet the Marvel the comics are going to have to rewrite their backstory again to match the movie. I could very much see it being that she is, in fact, Magneto's kid still, though. <laughs> Yeah, right, exactly. We'll circle back around again to it, you know. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's the history of those two characters and the incredibly like messed up versions of them. But uh, they have, you know, we're, I, I am sure we are not done. We will not, uh, we will we'll probably never be finished with these characters because the idea of like messing with their backstory at this point is just built into the character, yeah. right? WandaVision is going to be every 10 years. So. 
yeah, every 10 years, we've got to redo this, you know, right? We've got to go through it again to some new explanation for who these characters Absolutely. But I have high hopes for WandaVision. It's supposed to be really good, and it's going to tie into the Doctor Strange movie and a bunch of other uh, interesting stuff is being revealed about it. Like, as you said, the possibility that we're going to unify the two, the two Quicksilver. Right. We might have the uh, Quicksilver from the Fox movie showing up in that movie as, like, a multiverse thing, which... It's kind of like you know Fox or uh, Marvel now you know uh, made that deal with Fox and now they get the best of both worlds they get both fully developed characters. That, right, exactly. Uh, the, yeah, the, the Fox version of Quicksilver is way more entertaining than the than the Marvel version of. Yeah, absolutely. Because so. he was just he was there to die, like mm-hmm. in uh, in Ultron. Right. Right. Is uh is WandaVision the one you're the most uh, psyched for of the? Uh, there's a couple of them. I really want to see uh, the Bucky Falcon one too. So. Same. Yeah, Same. I'm all about that. I want to get Baron Zemo back and yes, in the mask apparently. Yeah, exactly. Well, he was a good bad guy. He was fun as a bad guy. So I really want to see them cut him loose and let him let him try some other shenanigans. Yeah, agreed. He's one of my favorite actual heroes too. So I'm hoping like maybe we end up getting there with that character. Um, oh, during his whole during like the Thunderbolts run yes, and that kind of thing. I love Thunderbolts. Right. Uh, original yes. the the more recent ones I do not enjoy uh, absolutely yeah well we'll see how those uh, TV shows turn out with all of you um, so that was the history of Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver uh, thank you all for joining us I've been Steve Tasker this has been Darren Watts thanks for coming guys uh, have a good rest of your day